This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, we've been sharing some of the talks that, that happened at, at SOTO, some of the magic, as, as we might say, that happened as uh, 270 guys gathered together on a beautiful location in the Ozarks and went vertical together. And uh, you've, you've gotten to hear from John Van Linton, who, who talked a few, we shared a few weeks ago, and Nate Sweeney. And today we're going to share uh, kind of our closing ceremony. And, and uh, it was shared by Jay Thompson, who's our regional director from Memphis, and Frank Khalil, who's our uh, regional director in Tulsa. And Jay's talk was done in sync with a video uh, about that's pretty interesting. And we're going to share a link here that you can you can click on the video and follow along the video while you listen to Jay's talk. If you choose, uh, we think it'll work, but it but he had some great things to say. And he was using this video of a of a water buffalo, a herd of water buffalo. And one of the calves got attacked and and kind of what happened with the herd. And so it's, it's really interesting. And then and then Frank took over for him and led us to our final moment at the cross that we had at Soto. So I think you'll enjoy it, and I hope uh, it translates via podcast rather than video. But uh, anyway, today it's uh, Jay Thompson and Frank Khalil talking about reaching back. So we hope you enjoy this. Can you bring the house lights up just a little bit, too? So whenever we sing No Longer a Slave to Fear... Um, what I'm going to share a little bit or start to share, and Frank's going to come uh, clean up what I mess up. But uh, when you think about reaching back, when you think about what that looks like, when you think about what that means, whenever they say no longer a slave to fear, um, I made some bad decisions in 2010. In 2016, that kind of flared back up. And so I start calling people um, that I know that I need some uh, support. Okay? I, I knew myself enough to know I got to talk to somebody. So I called Rocky. And uh, he probably doesn't remember the details of it, and I don't even know where you're at, Rocky, to, to look at you. But you answered the phone. He said, hey, bud. I said, hey, man. And I said, I'm in a bad way. I need some advice. And so I shared with him, and he said, I'm going to ask you three things. He says, has God forgiven you? I said, yes, sir. He said, has Nicole forgiven you? I said, yes, sir. And he said some affirming things about her. He said, son. Have you forgiven yourself? And guys, I lost it. I lost it. But that was a snapshot in my life where I will never forget. There was a man who answered his phone when I called. He answered the phone and he said, hey, bud. It was a man who reached back and he loved me enough to ask me the questions that need to be asked and walk with me through a challenge. But my wife sent me that song during that time. She said, honey. Sweetheart, you need to listen to this song. And I play that song, and I'm, I'm in my truck. I'm just bawling like a baby. It was the first time I'd ever heard it in 2016. I'm, I'm kind of behind. I don't even know when it was released, but I'm not up to speed on current events. But so tonight we're going to talk about reaching back. Um, I've asked one of my college friends, Matt, where are you at? Can you come down here and be my Vanna White, please? So Matt and I went to college together. We didn't really hang out that much in college together, but it, it's interesting, Sam, whenever you prayed fits and two, I remember uh, the college we went to, and I remember this conversation. We're walking across the bridge, and, and Matt said, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? I said, well, I'm finna go to the house. 
And Matt grew up in Dallas. I grew up in South Arkansas. And he looked at me. He's like, what? I said, well, I'm finna go to the house. He said, fit, fitted, fitting. Uh, uh. I said, I'm about to go home. So Matt is a lot proper than I am, uh, being from North Dallas and then me being from South Arkansas. But I didn't. I told him I was going to ask him to come up, but I didn't tell him what I was going to ask him to do. So Matt, if you'll come, turn your back to them and face me. All right, put your arms straight out, palms down, and I want you to turn around, keep your feet steady, and I want you to turn and point with this hand to the crowd. So turn that way. Right, keep your feet planted, though. Yeah, okay, all right. So we got a visual right there, right? All right, come back. Now what I want you to do is close your eyes, and I want you to turn. He is closing his eyes, and I want you to turn further than you could ever think you could turn. Now, okay, hold that for a second. It's hard to hold it, right? Hold it for a second. He's there, but what happens if I come here just gently? What happens? He goes a little further, right? All right, you can go sit down. Thank you. <laughs> now, we can say to a guy, you need to love Jesus. You need to have your quiet time. You need to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday, and then we go do our thing. We can turn around and go here. Or we can say, hey, man, let me tell you something. You got 10 minutes, let me tell you my story. Can I just tell you how the Holy Spirit's enabling me to do things? The Holy Spirit's enabling me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. Man, I'm doing stuff that I never thought was possible because guess what? I've realized for the first time in my life I know what it means to have an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Will you? Can we talk about that? And then we go here little father, right? Then if we start looking back and we start saying, hey, let's really go and let's go here, we take it a step further and it gets deeper. Pete, I got to steal something from you. You shared in 2017 here and you can go back and listen to it. I'm going to redneck it a little bit and it won't be as eloquent. But I believe we fall into three categories. Number one, if you're like me, I had tons of ear surgeries when I was a kid. So I never learned how to swim till I was in college. So I was that kid in the shallow end of the pool. I wasn't sucking my thumb, but I probably wanted to. Um, but I was in the shallow end of the pool. And Pete's analogy, we can choose to be in the shallow end of the pool. Or we can choose to be in the deep end, and at least we're treading water. At least we're in the game. But if we're focused so intently on Christ, we will walk on that water. So we got, we, we're going to be in one of those three categories. And the men around us are going to be in one of those three categories. So to keep our, our blinders, our eyes open, the blinders off. Um, buddy, if you would, go ahead and get the video ready. So when you, you think about the Go Vertical logo, I believe we're, I know we're men. We've got triggers, right? It could be something dirty on the internet. It could be a drink. It could be a, a business deal. We're trying to make the money. We're triggers. So when you think about this retreat, when you think about the Go Vertical logo, Always figure out where you are in it, but I can assure you from my vantage point, we're nothing but a big herd of uh, buffalo. Some of you are pretty, some of you, your mama loves you. And, uh, you know, it's just one of them things, right? But buddy, is the video ready? So he's going to go ahead and start that. I'm going to come down here where I can see it so you don't have to look at me, but we're going to talk about this video, so look at it. So there we are. We're walking. We're talking. It's a herd of us. And we're pretty, we're ugly, but our mama loves us. And so um, we're doing our thing. But uh-oh, the enemy's real. 
And notice he's chill, right? He's laid back. No major threat. No major thing. He's relaxed. And he sees us coming. No big deal. They're not that big of a, a threat. And then something happens with the enemy as he starts to see them. He sees that big old water buffalo in the front. That could be any of us. We're abiding. We're doing our thing. We're living our life. Everything's going smooth. It's a sweet spot. We're on top of the mountain. We know the enemy's real, but he's not necessarily present. He's not in the game, but then the enemy says, huh, I'm going to start changing my position. I'm not going to relax. I'm going to get in attack mode, and I'm going to watch a little closer. Is that old boy out there in the front? Uh, there's something to him. I'm going to take him out. Maybe he's got enough sense to see me. Maybe he doesn't, but I know he's coming, and I'm going to get him. And here we go. We're bebopping. We got a herd behind us, right? We've reached back. We've got guys coming with us. You know, and uh, the enemy's playing this game. He's scheming because he's pretty sharp. And there comes that front one. Oh, I got him now, the enemy said. Here we go. And we got a choice. When we see him, we can click on the porn. We can drink the drink. We can do what we want to do, or we can stop for a second. We can assess the situation. We can say, um... This thing ain't going to go good if I go down that road. I'm tempted, and I'm going to tuck tail, and I'm going to run, and he's going to chase us. And the enemy says, I can't get that big one. I'll go after that one. I'll get that one that don't know. I'll get that one that he didn't reach back and get. I'll get that one that don't get it, and I, we'll take him out. Now, every one of us knows a cat hates water, but that cat wants that buffalo more, and he hates that water. And I want you to watch real close down there at the bottom. He's got, what, one, two, three, four on him? So he's got porn on him. He's got drinking on him. He's got fear on him. He's got shame on him. And he's in the middle of it. And at that point, he'd probably rather drown and give up than to be eaten alive. And if you watch real close, and you, it's not going too good for the little baby water buffalo, as you can imagine. But if you watch there on the water line right under that buffalo, you're going to see something else happen. Because that shame and that porn and that drink and that fear wasn't enough. And the enemy says, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy him. I'm not going to eat him in the water. I'm going to take him out there where I can, when I can uh, <laughs> take care of him real good. It's going to be a feast. And so as we struggle, as we try to do it under our own power, as we try to do it the way we've always done it, as we think we can try harder, we can work harder, and it'll be okay, then I'll, I'll be all right. I can, I can mask it, but we're getting eaten alive. And you've heard Frank say many times, quiet desperation, but you see that alligator getting him? Just when we think we might get out of it, we get an alligator on our tail. And we get pulled all which ways, and we don't know what in the heck to do. We are literally drowning in our own stuff. But, but God, that's reality. We've all been there. We may be there now. We may be there tomorrow. But God loves us enough. He cares for us enough 
to say, you know what? I'm going to enable men who are abiding in me to come alongside the men who need it. I just need them to reach back. I just need them to take their blinders off and reach back and see what I have for them. And as God's men come around that man that is hurting, that is drowning, that is hopeless, that is getting chewed on both ends, here we come. And we come in a line and we say, you know what, Satan? We're going to lift this man before our God. We are going to do everything we can this side of heaven to come alongside him and love him. He's still got to fight. He's still got to make his own way. But he will not, under our watch, do it alone. So we will get in formation, and the first one will run off the first one. And he'll go back to the back of the herd. And he'll make sure that under his watch, that man will not be alone. And then there'll be another line that'll come up because this man's still got the drinking, he's still got the porn, he's lost some shame, but he's still got some ways to go. So another line of men come. And I say, you know what? I'm going to fight for this guy. I love this man because of what I've been given. I want to make sure he knows it. And I'm going to make sure that the enemy has no hold. And as those men chase after that, the other men are ready as they chase off the enemy. And they make sure that he has no authority, he has no power with my brother. And another line comes ready to make sure that that guy is nurtured, that he is protected, that he is cared for, that he understands that grace and mercy are his by the power of Jesus. And as that man is fighting through his stuff, as only he can do, only he can go to the cross. We can't do that for him. But as he goes to the cross, I want you to watch what he does. He's still fighting. He's still under the bondage. And these guys are looking. They're, they're praying. They're saying, no man alone. And they're one by one, they're picking off. They're explaining to him. You got to know that God cares. He knows he's willing. He's able. You got to understand that you're enabled by the Spirit. You've got to understand that he has something more for you. You've got to get that. And bit by bit, he starts shaking it off. And the enemy starts fleeing from him. And before you know it, when it comes back to him, he's got a choice to make. He can choose as his brothers protect him and are, are there for him. He can choose to do what Christ designed us all to do, to go back into the herd and, and to be a part of what he's created us to be. The enemy's real. He wants to fight us. He wants to devour us. He wants to uh, destroy our marriages, our churches, our businesses, everything we're about. And I may have missed, I may have been turned around. Did you see the baby go back into the herd? How precious is that? That's us, guys. Greg, as Frank gets ready, where you at, Greg? Will you do something? Go up on the stage. Buddy, will you throw the lights on? It's cool to be in this vantage point because I see the herd and I know the stories 
Um, uh, I know a lot of your stories just from our weekly call together and, and the different regions and how the spirit's moving. But I asked Greg to come take a picture of us from that vantage point. And um, just so we have it in, in our vault, so to speak. But um, I'm going to have a seat, and Frank's going to come up and close us out. Well, that's real. That's very real. So as I close this out tonight, guys, go to prayer with me. Father God, thank you for these last 48 hours. To some of us, it may have felt like a week. To some of us, it's just started. Thank you for the love you've shown us these last few days. Thank you for bringing us together as your men. Thank you for the hurt, for the tears, for the brokenness, for the joy, for the victories. Thank you that you're God and we're not, even though we try to be. Thank you for how you love us. Have your way, Lord. I ask that you would speak, that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive. We love you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. So for those of you that know me, man, every time I take notes, I screw it all up. But I will say this, you will understand my language a lot better than Jay's. For sure. Because I only caught half of what he said. I mean, seriously. But he's my brother and I love him, so we kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, I'm going to make this really short and sweet tonight, guys. Uh, you have been given a lot of information the last two days. You know, it started with Rocky and that powerful video. It started with that man climbing that mountain with all that baggage, all that junk that he just could not let go. And we saw what happened when he did, right? And then we heard John talk about Man, the power, the living power of God's word. If you're not in it, you're missing it because it's the only thing that can change. It is the road map to life. You want a GPS? Here it is. <laughs> That's the only GPS that works, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out. But some of you are so smart, you're still looking at other books trying to find the GPS that works. It's right here, and I've done it. This is the one. And then we heard Nate and good grief, I thought we needed an extin you know, fire extinguisher for his feet. The guy's a breakdancer because he's in love with what God is doing in his life, and it is beautiful. And then tonight from the worship and from the stories, um, you just saw this powerful video of the water buffalo. And then I've got a prop over here because this whole weekend takes me back to we're going vertical, right? And I'll go back to Rocky's original talk about the backpack, right? Everyone got a backpack. What were you supposed to do with the things in your backpack? 
before you cross the bridge. Get rid of it. What were you supposed to get rid of? Junk. Like what? Sin, right? Pride, shame, lust, porn, drug addiction, any kind of addiction, all of these things. And here, guys, you know, we get to an end of a weekend like this, and it's really exciting to go to a big hoorah. Let's end this thing. Let's celebrate. And that's great. But we're going to pause for a minute tonight, for a few minutes, and we're going to look back, and we're going to think back on that challenge that was given to you the first few hours you were here on Friday morning. See, I think too often in our culture, even in moments like this, we're challenged to do things, and we act like we're doing them, but we're really not. You see, I'm not here to condemn anyone or judge anyone, but I'm speaking to myself too. So some of you sitting in this room tonight emptied your backpacks because I walked around and I heard people say, man, my backpack is so much lighter. But some of you did not. And you're wondering why you're, you're feeling all these things and you've got all this information and you're not sure exactly what to do. And here's what's going on. You have not emptied your backpack. You haven't got rid of that. Can you read that? A life of lies. You haven't done that. Or you've been dealing with hate and anger for a long time and you're holding on to it. You cannot get rid of it. It's still in your backpack. Or maybe, maybe you still got that drug of choice addiction. And man, that's hard. I've done it for so long. I mean, come on. I mean, Rocky, really? You want me to get rid of this just within a few days? How do I do that? How do I take that out of my backpack? It's still in there, right? Or maybe... You've got other gods. The divided heart thing, guys, it's real. Some of us, we want to worship, we want to serve two masters, and it can't happen. It won't work, but you're trying to do that. And that's still in your backpack. Or maybe, and this is a real one, you all know this one. We heard about it. I mean, you know the statistics. I don't need to tell you in a room of this many men. Come on. I know a couple of you personally, and I'm praising God with you that you've been set free. But some of us in here, man, maybe you started to pull that out, and you looked around, and you stuck it right back in. Oh, I can't, not that one, not that one, not that one. I'll do this one, you know. Maybe I can get rid of my sin and shame. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's, I got to keep up with the portfolio, right? You know, you get the point. I can keep going. So I want you to think about that. That's a little recap of this weekend. Like I said, I can't go off my notes. I will mess this all up. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about reaching back. The ultimate reaching back is there's many stories of reaching back in the scriptures. But there's one that's become very dear to my heart. And it goes right along with what Nate shared with us this morning. That we're looking for revelation. And revelation needs to have application so that transformation can happen in your heart. 
And some of us are sitting here, we got some revelation. And now you're trying to process on how, how am I going to apply that so the transformation can happen in my heart? But there is a story in here that my son Samuel, who's eight years old, helped me see just a few days ago. And it's a really powerful story because it's a revelation that became an application. And I have seen the transformation. And it started with uh, last week we had a call with all the guys that were speaking. And we went through kind of, hey, we know where you're going with this. And when it got to me, because I'm the last guy up, right, my answer was, I got nothing. And, and I know Brian probably pooped his pants. <laughs> Where are you, Brian? There he is. Because I know Brian in his detail. He's got everything in place. And he probably just, oh, man, I got to change these drawers. But Brian knows me enough to know that I'm a little bit radical, a little bit crazy, and he's like, yeah, he'll, it'll, it'll come together, right? But it wasn't coming together, guys, I'm telling you. It just wasn't. And I've been praying about this for a long time. We met last August, right, Rocky, to start praying what this going vertical looked like. So Wednesday night, as I was putting my kids to bed, I have a little boy named Samuel, and he's eight years old. And the reason we named him Samuel is after Samuel in Scripture. And you know who Samuel was in Scripture. He was a mighty man of God. He devoted his life all of his days to the Lord. And that's my boy. I believe that. I believe that because I believe in the Scripture that says, train up your child in the ways of the Lord and they won't depart from it. I believe that because of my abiding, intimate relationship with the king, I've made that little boy priority in my life. I believe that because I came from a family where my dad didn't take the time to talk to me about the king. That's why I believe that. So I'm putting Samuel to bed, and, and it's Wednesday night, right? I'm going to leave Thursday to get here, first thing in the morning. And we pray, we do our thing that we do every night with our kids, and I'm sitting in bed, and he knows I'm going to be here, and he asks me, Dad, you're going to speak, right? And I said, yeah. When are you speaking? And I said, Saturday night. And he is an old soul, I think, just like his dad. And this little boy took this little sticker and he stuck it in my hand. And that's why it's in my hand tonight. And he said, I'll be praying for you, Dad. And I bet you anything he's praying for me right now. I feel it in my bones. He's eight. Well, here's the thing. I said I didn't have anything. I went downstairs that night, and I took the sticky note, and I opened the scripture, and I stuck the sticky note there, and I closed it. The next day, I got up because I wasn't feeling well, and I was up at 1, I was up at 2, I was up at 3, and finally at 4 a.m., God said, hey, idiot, are you going to get up or are you just going to lay there? <laughs> so I got up. I said, okay, you got your point. What's going on? And I started to pray what he wanted me to share. And I opened the scripture where that sticky note was. And it was right where he wanted me to share. So here it is. There is a story in the fifth chapter of the book of John. If you've been through the journey, I sure hope you know it. Because when we're in 
expressing we read through the gospel of John, and I've done it so many times. There's a couple of you in here. Where's Mick? He knows about this story. And in the book of John, Jesus does one of his miracles. And to me, it's the ultimate picture for you to see tonight of reaching back. Guys, we've got to reach back to those like that little weak one around you. We can't just keep going and forget about them. We've got to reach back. So it starts in chapter, in verse 5. One man was there, and you know the story, who had been sick for 38 years. He was a lame man who'd been there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been already been there a long time, he said to him, these are red letters. It's a question. It's a simple question. It's a yes or no question. There is nothing complicated about this question. He said to him, do you want to get well? Right? Do you want to get well? Now you think about this. You're lame. You've been there for 38 years. And a man shows up and says, do you want to get well? What's your answer going to be? I mean, maybe you're from, you're for, if you're from the south, it's going to be, oh, I'm thinking about it or something. I don't know. But what's your answer going to be? But what did that man say? Verse 7. Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes ahead of me. Blah, 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 blah. Does that sound familiar? Does anybody in this room do that? Excuses. Lame, stinking excuses. Lame men sitting in their filth. They ju you just had an opportunity. Someone is reaching back to you to say, do you want to get well? And what do you do? You make an excuse. Well, I got to go to work. I mean, for you journey guys, right? Hey, man, nine months, that's too long. Oh, yeah, man, let me think about it. I mean, what are all the excuses you've heard? Does it sound just like this guy? Jesus reached back. See, he taught his men to reach back. Here's a picture of it right here, guys. He reached back to that lame man. And we've got lame men all around us. There's no place we go that there's no lame man sitting there just wondering, well, if I get up or if I say yes, then I got to be responsible. If I say yes and get up, I got to love my wife. Or if I get up, I got to pull all this junk out of my backpack. And it goes on and on. So instead of doing what you know you need to do, you just sit there. Lame men. I was that man once. No more. And I hope you can say the same tonight. No more. But see, tonight, some of you are still sitting here just like that man at the pool. And this whole weekend, in case you missed it, the king of kings has come to you and he said, get up. Even though you might have said, well, I'm not ready. He said to you, get up. And like that man, he got up and he started to walk. Some of you need to get up. If you're not walking, you need to get up and you need to start walking. Now is the time.
the sticky note. On my way here, I rode with Stephen, and I was trying to read what my son wrote. And he wrote it in pencil. And I was thinking, why didn't God give me this to get prepared and be ready and maybe do a PowerPoint for you with a video? <laughs> the sticky note from an eight-year-old boy. And here's what it said. Speak from the heart. Look, guys, we're going to do something really special as we wrap up tonight. Some of you have not got up yet. Some of you took a bunch of stuff out and you stuck something right back in that backpack. It won't work. Don't be foolish. Empty your backpack. He is asking you a simple question. Do you want to get well? Get up. See, God is so good that even when the men made an excuse, just like us, he still did a miracle and said, get up and walk. He wants to do a miracle in your life tonight before you come down this mountain. You've got to get up and you've got to walk. So I'm going to ask Buddy to play a song here in a second. Sherpas, you've got a carabiner to hand to your men. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do this next little bit. And it's a moment of, it's getting real. We're running out of time. Listen, you play with fire, you get burned. If you haven't emptied that backpack, if you haven't got up, now is the time. And you're going to click from wherever you are as you come out to the sides. You're going to click on this rope with that carabiner. And you're going to come up here with your team to the foot of the cross because it happens at the foot of the cross. And you need to surrender it all. You need to give it all up. And at the foot of the cross, there are these little red beads here that represents the drops of blood that he shed for you and me. And you need to grab one and let that be a remembrance of what he did for you. But guys, don't toy with this. Don't toy with this. I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I am telling you, tonight is the night. Don't play games. Empty your backpacks. Get up and walk. God bless you. Well, this is the Influencers Network podcast, and hope you enjoyed that uh, that snippet of a talk that happened at Soto. And and for those who were there, you'll uh, it'll bring you back to a to a special moment. For those who who couldn't be there, hope it uh, blessed you as you think about your part in this ministry of reaching back and helping others find their way uh, to the cross, to an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. And that's what this ministry is all about. And again, uh, I always direct you to our website, influencers.org, where there's lots of resources. And and we want to get you plugged into this ministry. If, you, if you're hearing this for the first time, we'd love for you to reach out to us. And we'd love to talk to you about how we can get you plugged into a journey group, either in your city or if there's not one in your city. We're now doing virtual journey groups where guys are going through the journey 
via video technology. So lots of new things are happening, and, and uh, we're just really excited about all that God's doing in this ministry. Again, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. Don't let